Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Bang Gang Podcast. I'm your host, Colt Pena. Uh, today, I am joined with Zach, the Zach boy. Um, he is... The Zapper? Like, the Zapper? No, we're he still was, workshopping. Yeah, we're still workshopping like a nickname because he's like talking shit on people online and he just was scared on of video, game. On video games, not just in general. On video uh, games. Well, today, we have a very, very special guest. He terrifies me to my core. I'm afraid he's going to stick demons on me, make sure take over my body and do my bidding. Um, he, uh, <laughs> see, he, um, he's, he's an award winning magician, hypnotherapist. He has a psychology degree. He has a medal of commendation from the military. This boy is, he's wild. Okay. He's a ghost hunter. His name is Michael Mesmer. Michael, why don't you say hello? Hey, everybody. Come on. You can do better than that, Michael. All right. No, I'm, just, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I'm glad to be with Michael, you guys. Showman. I'm, I'm really glad to be with you guys, honestly, because uh, I like how your program, I've enjoyed listening to your programs in advance. You guys are awesome. And the cool thing is we're going to talk about things I like to talk about. So it's going to be great. And just for the for the audience, for the listeners, Michael, um, he used his powers to transfer his consciousness into a, a computer body. Yeah. And yeah. it's slowly rejecting it. So if you hear any audio glitches, that's what it is. It's, <laughs> it's, it's his powers yeah. releasing into the ether. It's <laughs> a <laughs> It's a challenge. It's a challenge. Yeah. Yes, it is. So he's, he's escaping during the he's show. He's that good. He's Michael really Metzberg, good. So what are what are some things that you like talking about that you heard on our show? I mean, I know ghosts, right? But you also yeah. talk, like we talk a lot about butts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool too. It's not really one of my specialties, but you know. And never the twain shall meet, ghosts and butts. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a ghost butt, to be honest. So what? No. You've never had a sexual encounter with a ghost? No, well, they're very modest, generally speaking. You know. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I don't think you're hunting the right places. Well, you know, maybe not. I'm mostly at prisons, uh, but, you know, you got to be careful when the showers when you're in the prison. So. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, that's what I, I feel like if I was a ghost, I would like sex people up. You I know, don't know. Is that weird to say? No. No, I think that's, you know, what I think every. Every young guy who's like, uh, you know, they think about if I could be the invisible man, what would I do? You know, so I guess it's the same as being a girl. right. Well, yeah. Mr. Mesmer, if you were the invisible man, what would you do? Uh, what would I do? I would uh, have a lot of fun. <laughs> I, yeah. I, uh, yes. I, you know, I, I, I always, you know, I, I, I remember thinking about it when I was young and I thought, wow, you could do anything, go anywhere. You could be at Disneyland all day and go in for free. You know, you could do a lot of incredible stuff. Oh, so wholesome. He's a sweet boy. He's a sweet boy. Yeah. I would like Rob Banks and shit. Um, hey, I would do that too. That's awesome. <laughs> okay. There we go. There we go. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, Michael Mesmer. Oh, go ahead. Do you ever, um, you know, do you ever get mad and just like send people to the sunken place? Because you can hypnotize people, right? Do you ever just like, someone's <laughs> like cuts you in line, you just like send them to the sunken place? I think you saw Get Out one too many times. <laughs> or yeah. just the right amount of times. Um, yes. But yes. I, I don't know. So. Yeah, no, I, I, you know. Are you I, serious? Would you, would you, if you're really interested in what how hypnosis works, you really can't do what they did in Get Out without using drugs with it. Um, because natural, uh -huh. hypnosis, natural hypnosis, the person has to really want to do it. It's self-hypnosis, honestly. So unless they okay. really want to do something, you can't make them do anything. So that movie was somewhat accurate but not necessarily because you'd have to give them hypnotic drugs along with hypnosis suggestion to get that kind of control over someone well, you should do that you should make your hypnotic drugs that would be what 
what hypnotic drugs do you like what would you need uh well you know uh russia uses a lot of those for interrogation and they're like the type used for interrogation and things like that so oh okay like yeah. that like truth serum and stuff yeah truth serum right right and then if you use hypnotic technique with it then it elevates it to a whole nother level and you can literally get people to do anything oh my god but, but normal hypnosis you can't do that you can't just walk up to someone now i can walk up to someone if they want me to and i can hypnotize them instantly uh, if you looked on my youtube you'd see that there's a rapid instant induction on there where i just do it like in 10 seconds but the thing is they have to want it yeah what zach was um when zach was in high school i remember him coming home uh because he had a, he took um, a psychology class. Do you remember this, Zach? And then you um, you came home and you just, there was a hypnotherapist or a hypnotist there, and you said that the hypnotist said uh, there's evil hypnotists Cole, out there. You don't remember anything right, but I was just That's... thinking about the same thing. No, I went to the fucking comic book store by our house, and yeah, there was like a, a geek there who was looking at um, Yu-Gi-Oh cards or something, and he just started talking to me. He was telling me how there's like evil hypnotists just like wandering around, <laughs> like around our country and just hypnotizing people for pure evil well you know the truth is uh if you have enough people to believe in what you're saying i mean look what happened with hitler right hitler was able to get a whole country he, they believed in him and he got them hypnotized and doing things that are atrocities that no one would ever dream they would. i'm sure none of those people would have thought at the beginning of that situation they would have ever done what they did to people but because right. because yeah they, you're right they believed in him he opened their imagination to possibilities and then they started uncritically accepting his ideas, and there you go. You said Trump or Hitler? He's a uh, Hitler. Oh, I'm not. Um, I don't talk about current politics. Nope. No, I learned yeah, that. I learned that. From, I learned that from Elvis. When you're an entertainer, don't talk politics or religion. Yeah, for well, sure. Yeah, same, same here. But Zach, he loves. Yeah, I've been on a kick. I want to know more about your metal accommodation, though. Tell us about that. Oh, well, what happened with that was uh, I was invited actually out to the Missile and Space Command base. It was down in, uh, actually it's down in Long Beach, uh, right there where the ship's going in and out. And, um, I, and, and that night I was doing a show for the officers. And uh, what I, although I did a lot of work for the uh, USO through the years, which is really cool because I love to help the troops. Without them, we got nothing. But the thing is that uh, I, right, was, right. I was down there and they invited me for a show. I, I thought it was just another USO type thing. And uh, had a bunch of people in the show and uh, for the hypnosis. I had like uh, 18, 20 people. Didn't know who they were because they were in civvies, right? So um, I put I always put someone on the end that's sort of like the group leader that keeps everybody safe. They're the anchor person. And I said, I'm putting you here because you're going to anchor everybody and keep everybody safe. And everybody laughed. I didn't know why. But after the show, turned out he was the four-star general in command of the base. And I hypnotized him to do crazy stuff. And he said, I want you to have this medal. Oh, my God. Yeah. And he said, I, I made him like, you know, dance naked and all this stuff. And so at the end of the show, he gave me a no like, way, dude. Oh, yeah. So at the end of the show, I, he says, I have the, these are my personal medals I give out to people that do something special for the base. And for me, I want you to have <laughs> this. So he gave me one, a medal of commendation for doing hypnotizing him during the show. That's awesome. If I went to a bar and I saw the general there sitting and I like got him drunk enough to dance naked. Do you think he would give me a medal of accommodation? You know, I would. Or com commendation? Yeah, I would. I would do that. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, it was cool. Um, so is it is it is it possible to hypnotize someone over audio? Oh, absolutely. I have audio. In fact, I sell oh, I sell my audios to people because um, I do a lot of self help. Uh, my COVID gnosis program I'm doing right mm -hmm. now to help people through COVID issues. Uh, we do over Zoom and audios. 
do you think you could hypnotize me? Uh, I wouldn't want to do it right now over, the, over our podcast because other people could get hypnotized that are listening in. It's actually illegal to do it on the airwaves. What? Really? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, it's huh. illegal because you could have your all three of your guests listening, and they could. <laughs> <laughs> I heard so the funny. reason. I, the reason. I said, Mesmer, there, there's a reason I said that because I was listening to your podcast, and I heard you say, "Oh, all eight listeners." So I made. Yeah. Oh no. We, I made we it got three. it. I love it. I made it. I made it three now. So. But, yeah, that's good. <laughs> but <laughs> that's but, so good, man. But no, but whoever whoever's listening. They could get hypnotized, but I wouldn't. We're not having you know phone ins or anything, so I would not have any way of knowing if they're hypnotized or taking them out of hypnosis. Otherwise, yeah, we could do it, you know. But is the fear with that legislation like like someone just falling asleep driving or something? Uh, yeah, that. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, and also if they're doing something important as well, so you know they're in the middle of something, and my voice will hypnotize people, and so my my insurance literally won't allow me to do that either. So. I'm taking notes. I'm going to get those hypnotherapy drugs. I'm going to learn hypnotism and I'm going to start broadcasting this shit and rule the world. What are you going to That's do? That's how with I would it? do it. What are you going to rule the world? You're going to get world leaders to listen to your podcast, Colt. Why don't more hypnotists do that? Why don't, like, why don't it's you? It's illegal. I mean, yeah, okay. It's illegal. <laughs> but come on. Like, it's, if you hypnotize enough people, you can make it not illegal. That's what I'm saying. You got to start with the drugs, <laughs> then you get the. World domination, <laughs> then you get the chicks. Man, you're getting you get the chicks. You the chicks, yeah. You've got an awesome plan there, man. Now there Do is you, um, now I will tell you there is conversational hypnosis, which you're talking about chicks. If you're out at a if you're out at a bar or out at a event with ladies and you want to impress them, if you learn conversational hypnosis, it will uh, actually um, I wouldn't say manipulate them, but it will cause them to be more open to you and wanting to do be with you, you know. Is it called negging? Uh, why not? <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I? Shit! What was I going to say? I don't know. Y'all tell me. What are, what are some? What are some? What are some manipulations that you uh, do to like? You can do to a woman at a bar. Well, like, I can... say, all right, I'll be okay. I'll be a girl, okay, at a bar, and you come up and try to smash. Well. <laughs> it's a certain technique that you have to learn, but the deal is that you're using positive language, you're mirroring their their uh, behavior, and you're mirroring their you're letting them be the center of attention, but mirroring their behavior and what you say and how you approach them, and uh, and it's just a it's a it's a certain set of things you do so that uh, people are more receptive. I use it in business as well, conversational hypnosis when mm. I'm doing, when I'm doing business deals. Um, and it's making those lean in moments where they're interested in you and learning when and when you hear their lean in moment, leaning into them and listening more intently. And it's just a it's a matter of uh, knowing behavior and uh, using that behavior to your advantage. That's awesome. Have you done any hypnosis on us? Like as we were talking already, no, Cole, it's a, it's already illegal. no I, I did a little bit. You know, I, I've increased your mem- your listeners to 10 now. So we're in good shape. Oh, shit. OK, <laughs> let's keep going. Let's keep going. Please. Thank you. Do you have um, a tell them to bl- tell them to blind blindly follow me and come clean my room? Oh, good. Yeah, but see the Just problem. problem with that hip- in there. There's the problem with hypnosis. You can't make someone do anything they don't want to do without the uh, drugs. So yeah, Cole. I don't know if anybody's gonna want to do that. Describe your room to Mister Mesmer. Oh, uh, it's crusty, dude. I don't know. The walls are like dripping. I got. But, but is there a black? The but is there a black light in it? Is there a black light in the room? No, but 
I don't know. I have like a weekly health inspection. Like, you know, you're in California and you know how like uh, oh, yeah. some businesses have like an A on the thing. Mine's just yeah. a straight like zero. Wow. It's just a straight zero. It's well, that's, over. Like, that's something to be proud of. I, I bet there's very few people who have that rating. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Michael Mesmer. <laughs> So let's talk about let's talk about ghost hunting, Michael Mesmer. Okay, um, let's talk about so it. how did you get started into ghost? Let's let's uh, how did we how did you get started into ghost hunting? Uh, how did I get started into it? Well, I've always sort of had a connection with the spirit world to a great extent. I'll tell you a story about my grandpa. He was a um, a coal miner uh, in uh, Bridgeport, Ohio, West, Wheeling, West Virginia area, and um, he always had a connection with the spirit world more. In his framework, his way he framed it was with angels. And for instance, one time Grandpa was down in the mines and an angel appeared to yep. him and told him he needed to go home. And he didn't want to go because he's working, you know, and he had to go back and he needed the money. You know, so, But he ended up leaving because he trusted the angel. And uh, that day, everybody in the mine died of a, a collapse or explosion. And then he went back and saw all of his friends laying along the ground to be claimed by their families. And uh, so that was one issue that set my mind thinking about the spirit world and how there's... Jesus. Yeah. Were they, were they, your your were audio they cut out. What, your audio cut out, though. What, what did they die from? The cave-in? I think it was an explosion in the mine, like a, a, a gas explosion. Oh, yeah, you know, they used to have canaries with... Were they the mad? Uh, were they mad? Oh. You gotta watch. Yeah, like, were they mad at your grandpa? Like, yo, motherfucker, you're like, you're the one that lived, bro. No, no, he, he didn't hear from them. It was just the angel thing. And and uh, he had a couple other stories very similar to that that happened throughout his life that were interesting. So that kind of started me thinking about the spirit world and that there's a connection. And there's more to this world than just what we see in front of our eyes. And then from there, as I got older, uh, I had some experiences, too. And I guess what really ignited it many years back, uh, I was going to I was at a convention at the Hilton in Las Vegas and they had a um, they actually had a, a, a Star Trek uh, exhibit in there. I don't know if you were ever there. Maybe you're too young. Maybe you're not a Star Trek fan. But they had, um, yeah, they had, yeah, yeah. They had Star Trek: The Experience. So I always picked up a present for my son because uh, he was a Star Trek fan before I left and brought brought it home to him from Vegas. So anyway, came out of the out of the casino, standing next to me on uh, next to where the driveway was between the casino and the parking structure was a lady. She goes, "Hey, I see you went to Star Trek: The Exhibit." I said, "Yeah." She said, "You know, I'm on Enter. I was on Enterprise." I said, "Really?" She said, "Yeah." And then a car went by really fast. It got noisy. I looked back. She was gone. But I just figured, oh, she went back in the hotel or something. So then I go driving three hours and a half home. I get home, get in the door. My son says, Dad, we just got the latest Star Trek magazine. I said, really great. And I gave him his present. Started looking through the magazine. On the back page of that magazine was an obituary for the person I had just seen up at the casino. Oh, my God, dude. dude yeah. That's wild. Totally wild. You know? why, why do you think? Why do you think you are more uh, connected to the spiritual world than others? You know, I think the thing is, all of us are so busy in life and we're running so fast. And a lot of people are skeptical. They don't even search out any kind of spiritual thing of any kind. And I think by being that, you're kind of closed off to the spirit you know, world. And uh, so I think me, I've always been open to it. I'll tell you why. I mean, I've loved monster movies since I was a kid. As you might have read in my resume, right. I write for Scary Monsters magazine. Yeah. And so like watching Dark Shadows when I was a kid, you know, and seeing ghosts on there, all that stuff sort of influenced me to have my mind open to the possibilities and then with my grandpa's stories. And so I think that gave me the, you know, a lot of people, everybody can do it, I think. But the thing is, most people just aren't open to it. 
That's awesome. Um, so you said that ghosts, um, they're typically like, like mild and not angry. You know, like they modest, don't modest. Modest. That's what it is. I was gonna say modest. I was like, that wasn't it. I'm, I'm dumb. Sorry. But I mean, uh, yeah. yeah. To be to be straight with you, I mean, I don't think. I think here's what I'm. If you want to know my belief system, essentially on that, I believe that ghosts are really not uh, angry. I think there's demons. That's a different issue. But as far as spirit world and ghosts, I've never met one that I didn't like. <laughs> I mean, they're they're all very friendly. They they're not there to hurt you. I think what they're really here is they're um, they don't. I think they don't believe, even know they're dead. I think that they think they're still alive and they're in this alternate space. And I think sometimes that space crosses with our space. And I I don't think that uh, they yeah. they're sort of in a holding room, if you will. And so they're going from one place to the next, and they they just haven't gone to the next place yet. And they have no idea they're even dead. I think they just think they're there, and and sometimes they see us or we can hear them. But uh, you know, I don't think that they're I don't think they're evil like they make out. That's I, interesting. Yeah, I think they're in a holding pattern, and they're just when, they're, go ahead. When they think that they're um, like say when you think they're living, when the the ghosts think they're living, from the ghost perspective, who are you to them? Like say, are we you know? Are we possibly ghosts right now? Think that we're living? Uh, I think we're living, but I you know? think I think yeah. I see what you're where you're going with that. I think that they think. I think they see us sort of like we do them. They barely know we're there, and sometimes we just hear what they're saying. Sometimes maybe they feel us, but I think that we they don't see us any better than we see them. It's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um. Do you think it's like uh, maybe like a multiverse situation? Like dimensions are like lining up? Is that too existential? No, I think it, it could like... be. I'm open to anything like that. I think that could very well be um, because I do believe in multiple dimensions. I think that exists. And I think that explains a lot of the things that we don't understand, uh, including things from, mm -hmm. I mean, not that I'm a specialist in it, but even Bigfoot. I don't think Bigfoot, if he exists, exists in our, I think he pops in and out. That's why no one can ever find him or some of these other, you know, cryptics. Right. Some of the other cryptics, I think it's the same thing. They're not really here. They're in another dimension, but sometimes yeah. they cross over. But, you know, that's not my area of expertise. Right. Um, you have a you have a past lives theory. Do you want to tell um tell our listeners what the your theory on past lives is? Sure. You've really done some research there, brother. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah, dude, of course. Yeah. So past lives, you know, um, first of all, uh, I think in my opinion, and now that's just my opinion. I think everybody has a valid opinion and my opinion is my opinion and you don't have to believe it, but, but, right. but with past lives, first of all, I think if people go in directly to a hypnotherapist to go into past lives, I think that instantly makes it invalid and disingenuous because when you go in it with expectation, you're already, already writing a script in your mind, perhaps, or in your subconscious. And when you're going in, you're expecting to go into a past life. And so, therefore, you do. I think when I'm doing hypnotherapy sessions, if someone happens to pop into that realm, then, yeah, I'm going to deal with it. And, and yeah, at that point, it's a valid modality of treatment because in one way, and maybe that's their only way of expressing how they feel about, about their life currently. So they can go there and not have responsibility mm -hmm. for their current existence but they can tell you all the horrible things. But in doing that, they're able to do that in a safe place where they don't feel that um, it's going to hurt them. So that's sometimes the way that they do that. But also, I'm not saying past lives don't exist. I'm just saying uh, that if I have a theory on it, too, which I really think is a strong theory, 
is that you know how uh, you may have the same color eyes as your grandmother, or you may have the same shaped ears as your great grandfather. Well, there's genetics there, right? Right. Well, I think also mm-hmm. memory engrams that are in your system from past from past existence. In other words, uh, some people think they're uh, the queen of, let's just say, the queen of England. All right. Well, let's say someone, right, maybe, maybe right. your great 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 grandmother, read a book that was so impactful on her mind on the Queen of England and the history of the Queen of England, that that went into their subconscious. And that memory engram has been transferred from generation to generation and ignites in you. And all of a sudden, when you go into hypnosis session, you believe you were the Queen of England and know everything about it because someone in a past life, a past era, read that, studied it, was thrilled by it, it opened their imagination, it became part of their makeup psychologically. And now that's affecting you. So you think it's a past life, but in reality, it is a past life of someone that was a family member but a past life of something they experienced or read or heard. Yeah. So that that's that is interesting. It's an interesting theory. Um, I have two questions, follow up questions. One, um, what do you think like birthmarks are? Like uh, there, there's people that um, say like uh, birthmarks are like a spot where you like died before. Have you heard that? Uh, you know, I haven't, but. Um... You know, it's a possibility. I'm not going to say anything's not a possibility. It could be also the same thing I'm discussing, where maybe it's something to do with generational things from years, you know, generations ago, and maybe that was something like you said, maybe where they died or where they had something happen, and now it's part of the genetics, and it emerges several generations later. I don't know. Yeah. So with the um... never thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, with the memories and everything, the memory engrams. Um, what would you say about like Hitler's descendants? Um, do you think they're going to be well, as evil? Like if you unlock that in their subconscious, do they have the, you know, are they like evil? You know, it could vary. I, you know, evil is, is, uh, it's hard to judge what evil is. I mean, uh, you know, to certain people with Hitler, he was a hero, you know, so, but, right. but we see him as evil, obviously. But, um, you know, Hitler had his good points. You can say that because at the beginning he did wonderful things for the country and he just went nuts with syphilis. But um, <laughs> so I don't know. It's true. So I don't know if evil is trend is transcendent or not. Uh, it could be, yeah. um, you know, you know, in the Bible, of course, it, I study a lot of the different the Bible and all different writings. And it does say the sins of the father visit upon the son. And so it is possible, I suppose, through the same process we're talking about, that the sins of Hitler could visit the sons as well if they existed. Hmm. Um, so you said you performed for the general. Um, I also saw a thing that yeah. you performed for uh, presidents, princesses, and um, luminaries. Who, oh, yeah. who are some uh, like princes- presidents and princesses that you uh, performed for? Oh, the president of President of Venezuela, um, wow. Princess Grace of Monaco. Um, of course, Michael Jackson came to my show one night. Um, oh, that's really cool. That, so, yeah. Yeah, so a lot of different people through the years have come to the shows. Um, and, uh, I, you know, recently Siegfried of Siegfried and Roy passed away last week, I guess. Are you serious? He was a friend of mine. Yeah, he, oh, yeah, he came to my show. Oh. Yeah, he's very nice. I got to tell you, he's a very nice guy. Sure. Him and Roy were great when I... When I was starting out in magic, you know, they used to let me when I was, I, you know, in Vegas, you have to be 21 in those days to get into a show. So they yeah. would put me up in the, in the in the lighting booth of my buddy and and they'd let us watch the show. And then we'd visit afterwards. And, and he even came to my show once and helped me with my act. And 
great people. You know, they were big stars, but they were very humble. And mm-hmm. especially Siegfried, he was very humble. And so, um, yeah, but, you know, I just, we visited with him last year in December. As a matter of fact, it was the last time I saw him. And uh, great guy. And, you know, but he was, in a, he was, his, he was in, you know, older in the 80s. And so, you know, things happen. And he died of COVID, sadly. But oh. um, because he would, he was, he, I can't imagine him not being around people. So I'm sure that's how he contracted it. But I don't think he was really happy after Roy passed away last year, you know, so. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, they were close because they were they were lovers, you know, and so they were close. And so, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so did you did you hypnotize uh, Michael Jackson, or was he just at like no, in the that, show? That was the magic show, and he came to the magic show because uh, okay. he loved magic. My, Michael yeah. just, uh, well, if you've seen some of his concerts, he had magic in the concerts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was he was fascinated by magic, as was uh, Muhammad Ali. I, I met him one time as well. Oh wow, that's awesome! I've I've always wanted to get into magic. I think it's like really cool. Um, why why is it magicians always wear black? You know, actually, that changed a lot. I, that's a good question. It's not so true anymore, though. Um, hmm. uh, although cool magi- cool magicians wear black. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> but 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 actually, Doug Henning. I don't know if you remember that name, but. Back in the late '70s and early '80s, he really changed the face of magic because he he did uh, he came out wearing jeans, long hair. Uh, he wore uh, you know colorful tops, and so it kind of changed for a while. And then now it's gotten back a little bit to being more dark, you know, because uh, David Blaine and Chris Angel. David's a great guy, by the way. He loves his yeah, you, yeah. You hang was, out with him, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's such a great guy, and. Um, so he's so good to the people, you know, like, you know, people pay to have the after the meet and greet, but after the show, man, he comes out and he'll, he'll come out to a line outside. He'll visit with every single person in that line. And I'm telling you, he does physical stuff. He's under the water upside down for like 11 minutes, holding his breath and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But even though he does that stuff and is exhausted, he still comes out for the fans. So he's a great guy. But yeah, I think Chris Angel uh, and David, they, they kind of, brought everything back to being more kind of dark and mysterious, which is cool because that's what I like to do with my stuff. I don't like to be the happy, fun magician, you know? So. Right. Right. I know you're like, um, you got the bear trap, you got the razor blades. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You ever... I, yeah. I was going to tell you some, some of that stuff I accomplished because I use hypnosis, self-hypnosis to be able to get over the pain, like breaking the arrow with my neck. Oh, uh, wow. I do all that using self yeah, and so David uses a similar method, he, you know, using his mind in a similar way. But I use the self-hypnosis because I'm good at it. So when I'm breaking that arrow, it takes four, oh, 37 pounds of pressure on the soft spot of my neck. And uh, so that's quite a bit of pressure. So, I, you know, to break it, I just put myself in the self-hypnosis mode, and then I don't feel it. And that's how I accomplish some of that stuff. Damn. Do you, um, do you uh, decline anesthesia when you go undergo, like, medical procedures or dental work? Um, dental work, sometimes I get through it without anesthesia. Oh, yeah, shit. I've never done, I, fortunately I haven't had any surgeries, knock on wood, but, yeah. uh, but the, uh, dental work. Yeah. When they're, when they're doing like, uh, uh, it, you know, if they're going to put a filling in or something, sure. Yeah. Do they ever, do they ever fight you on that? Um, uh, most won't because they, most doctors, believe it or not, don't really like to use some of that stuff. Oh because, no, they don't. Yeah. You know, because there's a lot of liability with it. So if they can go without it, they're happy to do it. Now, I, I have a friend who's worked with people with open heart surgery with pain, and they they use no anesthesia at all for open heart surgery. So that's fucked. Yeah, Damn. it's that's crazy stuff. Absolutely. But you know, but 
But the thing is, our minds are so powerful, man. I mean, we just don't know how to unlock it. You know, in school, what they always teach you, and you guys are young, so you know, you've just been around it. They teach you what to put into your mind, but they don't yeah. t- teach you how to control. They don't teach you how to control your mind. And that's where hypnotherapy and hypnosis, it teaches you how to get better control of your mind and over your body. And, you know, you can, I've had people, I've worked with patients that, that overcome breast cancer, all sorts of things using hypnosis. Damn. I know like, um, like quitting smoking is like a big thing, but, um, do you ever teach people to like lift objects with their mind? <laughs> uh, that is a whole different realm, my friend. Uh, but, uh, uh, there, I do believe there are people that have some type of innate ability perhaps to do something to some extent, but what you're talking about really ends up in the magic realm and, you know, I, Uri Geller bedding spoons and all that. There's like a, there's a thing with like the mind, like, um, stories of people like getting like super strength because of like, you know, they're in a life or death situation or like some loved one is uh, in danger. Um, what do you think? Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think like, what do you think is our max potential? I mean, I guess there's no way to know, but do you think like, we'll be able to like climb walls? (laughs) Climb walls. Yeah. I want to climb climb a wall. What do you mean? You mean like lift cars? Yeah. I want to be a superhuman. You know, it, there is there's something in the human body that you're right. I have seen those stories. There are true stories about people that in an emergency situation can lift a gigantic, uh, you know, car off of someone or, you know, whatever. That does happen. So it has to tell you there's so many of those stories and they have been documented that it has to tell you that there that it can be done. Now, mm-hmm. doing it for demonstrations for people just off the cuff, I don't think that can that can necessarily happen. But yeah, for right. like, like I say, in a, in a small way, I do it every show to just so I don't feel the pain when I'm doing the wolf trap or breaking the arrow or that type of thing. So you can't yeah. do it to a certain extent. But I think to get it to the Hulk level. Be honest, though. T- tell, me you've never, tell me you've never held out your hand and tried to lift something with your mind. Um, I do it all the time, but I use <laughs> bad things. Nice. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. Sometimes I try to do that. I remember... Yeah, I try to like lift things up like every now and then, like see if I if I got it, if I unlocked it. But um, I remember I came home one time. This is like totally, totally a different story. But I remember after I saw the first Spider-Man movie, I was really excited, and I ran home and yeah. I like jumped on my bed and I like tried shooting webs out of me. And then that's awesome. Your asshole. Yeah, I, I, I slept the but, game out. Yeah. 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 It's great. Yeah. That's right. That's that's a that's spider poop. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so do you ever have like a ever had like a hypnosis go wrong, like uh, when you're hypnotizing someone, uh, like you unlock something in them that's like, oh god, you have to like send it back or something. <laughs> okay, that that's yeah, send it back. Yeah, that's called an ab reaction, and what happens is that does happen, but it's a matter of how skilled and educated you are in hypnosis. If you're very skilled, you can just get right out of it. You can move to another direction instantly, and it's just no problem. For people that are, have – that's the problem with the hypnotherapy industry to a great extent. Um, as you know, I am the immediate past president of the American Council of Hypnotist Examiners. And um, yeah. we're, all, we're all about education with hypnosis. And the thing is, unfortunately, with online, like with everything now, there's so many people that have taken an online course or a weekend course, and they have no real knowledge of how to really do hypnotherapy correctly. And so, yeah, you might hear stories that pop up like that. But honestly, uh, in the end, 
it's a natural relaxation process. So the person will ultimately pull themselves away from it. But if you're really skilled, you just, you know, if they're screaming, say, I'm, I'm being, you know, they think they're being raped or some crazy thing. You never know, yeah. right? So if they do that, you say, wait a minute, you're not. All of a sudden you're eating cotton candy and they'll believe that and they go right there and it's all over, you know? Oh, but wow. you have to know how to nap. You have to know how to navigate it, right? You, if you're yeah. skilled and you're confident, you can deal with it. But these people that are, you know, not really well trained, that's the worry for hypnosis. But again, even if they're ill trained, the person will eventually themselves get away from it because nobody wants to be dealing with pain, right? So ultimately, they'll naturally just pull away from it, even if the practitioner is ill skilled. So that's your answer. Is that a is that what they teach you is to distract someone from thinking they're being raped to use cotton candy? Yeah. What if they're allergic to no, cotton no, I just, candy? <laughs> well, well, yeah, then I would probably use salty peanuts, you know, whatever. So. <laughs> what if like <laughs> someone's like a hypochondriac? They're like, all right, like I'm being raped. You're like, okay, no, you're eating cotton candy. Like, wait, no, I don't like cotton candy. And then like peanuts and then they start choking and you just spiral. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't know. Then I say, well, now you're watching, now I say, now you're watching Bozo the Clown, you know, whatever it is, you know, <laughs> but you have to be confident. You have to be confident and you have to move them in the right, in a positive direction. And, and they want to, when they're in pain, they want to go that way phobia of clowns and they just freak out oh, more God. yeah well that I, you know i've had that happen with phobia of clowns yeah oh I've man. Dealt, i mean what i mean is not it wasn't a, it wasn't an reaction. i mean i've dealt with people to help get over phobia of clowns yeah what's the what's the basically, strangest... what, I do is I kind of, what, I, yeah. what i do is i basically put them in a dark theater and i play it like 30 times in a row oh and my god no, <laughs> damn <laughs> um what's the strangest phobia you helped someone overcome I saw this one phobia. This girl was like afraid of uh, bananas. I think it's like a Dr. Phil. This girl was afraid of bananas. Like, no, it's pickles. She was definitely afraid of pickles. Yeah, that happens. Most of the time, though, you're dealing with spiders, snakes, uh, heights, uh, and clowns and things of that nature. More things that you would just kind of guess would be things you'd work with. I mean, uh, I think maybe the strangest might have been lollipops. Oh, wow. I. I wonder, you're, um, you know, you have a degree of uh, in psychology. Um, what, what do you think happened to the person? I mean, I you don't have to tell us exactly, but like something like lollipops. What do you think happened in their life to make them afraid of lollipops? Okay, let me explain to you how this works. Um, glad you asked that. You guys are awesome. Um, so, Thanks, man. what the deal is? Yeah, from age one through seven is when we uncritically accept ideas. All right. Uh, after about age seven, we get what's we get a wall that's called the conscious part of our mind that walls off. So we judge what we want to accept. So when you're little at that time, depending on what you see, what you experience, let's say you're driving in the car and you're with your dad, you're in the back seat, your child seat or whatever you are and playing music. You're singing, right? You're enjoying singing a song on the radio. And then your dad turns around mm-hmm. and says, will you stop that noise? I don't want to hear that crap. Well, guess what? When you become an adult, you think you can't sing or you shouldn't sing because you have a horrible voice because that went uncritically in your back of your subconscious and it replays like a broken record over and over no matter how long you live. So um, with hypnosis, what I do, I pierce that conscious wall and get into the have it step aside so that I can now take the subconscious memory and I can help you reprogram that in a positive way and then you overcome that phobia. So with the lollipop thing, I don't remember, it was years ago, but I think it was something to do with seeing their friend when they were a little choke on a lollipop or their mom or something. And so that was in their head. And they thought if they would eat a lollipop, they would choke. So anytime they see a lollipop, they start sweating and being upset about it because of that memory that happened in their first seven years of life. 
that went into their mind uncritically. Damn. Wow. No, that's actually really useful because I just had my, my daughter's only four months old. So I will never, ever yell at her to stop singing now. Ever. Yeah, it's very, very important. Not that I would have. Till they're, no, you wouldn't. But until they're past that age, you've got to watch every word you say because anything you say, they're going to take uncritically. It's going to haunt them for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh, Zach. Damn. Now I'm going to teach her. Let's see. Well, first of all, I'm going to teach her she can move things with her mind so we can get that power going. Yep. Great. And, uh, then lifting cars, Maybe. second. You, well, you can teach her to levitate. Oh, yeah. 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 Yes. Oh, my God. That'd be terrifying. But she has to sing in order to do it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um. <laughs> Michael Mesmer. So there was a there was a thing going around online. Um, you remember December twenty first when like the the planets were aligning? I think it was like Mars and Jupiter. They were like in alignment. Yeah. And, like it was supposed to yeah. like um, people thought aliens were going to come. People thought um, the world was going to end. People said like Russia was going to start a war. There's a bunch of different theories on there, but the most interesting theory that I found um, was that black people are going to get superpowers. What do you think about this? Well, well, what I think about it is I think humans by nature have always been very um, superstitious. I mean, in the old days, when they would see um, when they see an eclipse of the sun, they believe the end of the world or they believe something evil happened or whatever. And so I think that's in our genetic makeup and our memory makeup. And I think that anytime something that happens once in 100 years or once in a thousand years, People think, well, that must mean something. And it might mean something and it might not. But um, honestly, um, hmm, I don't think it would give you superpowers. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But, but, it is, but you know, it, as a student of astronomy, uh, and I, I, I have studied astronomy, I find it all fascinating. I definitely think there's gravitational pulls. There's things that do happen, you know, in, in, uh, in that, that state. And maybe there's metaphysical things, too, that come from it. So... I think it can, well, like the uh, the moon and tides, you know, get affected by the moon. So I think there there can be effects from it, whether it's something as drastic as superhero powers or something. I, I don't think we've seen that proven yet, but it, it's a fascinating idea. I heard an interesting, um, interesting uh, thing from Neil deGrasse Tyson, actually. So the Earth. Oh, wow. Yeah, the Earth. Um, it i mean i didn't talk to him i just saw like a video but it was on reddit um the earth is like sitting in a big pool of water right like you know it's got like a outer ring on it and the, the earth rotates inside the water and that explains like tides like on the sides the the water's like thicker and then in the top and bottom it's like more shallow so the earth's rotating in this pool of water does that make sense i mean i guess that's like yeah, yeah. I don't know. So what you're saying, what you're saying is the Earth is like a big lava lamp or something. Pretty much, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, there's. Are you, are you talking about the oceans? The oceans, the, yeah, like they're they're deeper on the sides. And yeah, yeah, yeah. At the yes, poles, yes, at the poles, and then when you they ro- the Earth rotates, they like, you know, it gets thicker. I'm gonna sh- I Cole, don't know, man. do your research before you try try to talk science with Michael. I know. Messer, okay, right? Michael Messer's judging me. I can feel it. So no, am I. No, no, no. No, no, I'm not. Because, you know, I mean, look, we all know the earth is flat. So we know what you're saying is probably. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking I love Michael Mesmer, dude. I'm in love. I know. Listen, I saw the I saw the 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 magician black get up and, and I was like, OK, let's fuck with this guy. But he's very insightful. Yeah. I'm very impressed with um and, and just 
I don't know. I think it's a really, really nice thing you do with your COVID therapy because that shit does help a lot of people. And a lot of people are in need right now. Oh, so. yeah. I mean, right now they have it's, you know, they talk about the disease or the, you know, the COVID thing itself. What we're going to be dealing with for the next generation is going to be people that were affected by the psychological impact of this thing. I mean, it's crazy. I've, I've been working with people and people that used to love to go out and party, you know, and all that. Now they can't even get out of their house, even though they they don't even want to walk out their front door. They're terrified of it. In fact, they get cold sweats thinking about it. And they used to be people who would go out and party, go to concerts, go, you know, have a great life. And now they can't even think of facing that. So as we emerge from this thing, there's going to be a lot of that, man, stress. And there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, yeah. uh, stress and anxiety. And so that's what I'm doing with my COVID Gnosis program. I'm trying to work with people before we come out of it so they're ready to get back into the workforce, back into life, back to partying, having an awesome time, you know? Very, very, very helpful yeah. and, and nice. It's you, it's so. weird to think about, like basically what you said, like when this is all over, going out and doing things again. Like I don't know, I used to go out all the time, but it's just gonna be so weird. I feel like no one's gonna know what to do, you know, like at a club and stuff. Like I don't know even, if I know how to dance still. Exactly, and, and even people going like, okay, even people that haven't been able to go work in an office, getting back close in close proximity with coworkers, it's gonna be it's it's like. It's going to be very challenging for so many. And uh, hypnosis, what's great about hypnotherapy and hypnosis, just to follow up, is we don't do like, you know, psychologists and psychiatrists. They spend years working with you. The great thing about hypnosis, if you can't help someone in like three visits, forget it. And it's right. very quick. It's very rapid. So it's going to be a great tool for a lot of people that say, now I can go back. Now I can go back to life. Okay. I work with you for three different hours and boom, you feel good again. You're back to your old self and you're back to, you know, in the game. So. One thing good about this pandemic, though, is um, I don't know why it took this long for like it need, we needed a epidemic pandemic for the entire world is uh, the leave it door option on Postmates. Like, why didn't we have that before? You know, like, thank you right. for yeah. letting people leave my food at my door. I don't want to talk to anyone. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of awesome in a way. Because, you know, I mean, who wants to go to the market anyway? So, you know, right, right, exactly. Right. Um, so when you were, when you do your, uh, your tricks, your magic tricks and everything, like, um, yeah, like the razor blades and everything, have you ever had a trick go wrong in front of people or like, how long did it take you to perfect these things? And like along the way, like you said, you had to like self hypnosis, um, to get the arrow to break in your neck. Like ever have something go wrong and you had to like, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I, 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 just to say something uh, terminology wise, I don't call anything I do a trick and I'll tell you why. Um, magicians make a mistake doing that because the deal is, uh, I know it's common terminology, but I call my things like demonstrations, which is what David Blaine does and other people, okay. because we, when you try to trick someone, what you're saying is they're stupid and you're not, and you're going to fool them. So I don't like that. I don't like that term, right? Call their illusions. Sorry, dude. Yeah. There you go. No, it's okay. I'm just letting you know because people are listening, right? All, all 12 of them. And so uh, <laughs> it's I, going up. Oh yeah, we build it up now. So, so the deal is, I just like to let people know. You know, if you want to see a card trick with some guy, that's fine because he's what it tells you subconsciously and immediately is, I'm smarter than you. You're an idiot. Look what I can do. So I don't like that. What I like to do is show people what the possibilities they can do in their own life through what I do. So anyway, in answer to your question, um, oh, I still get injured all the time. I, I had, a, you know, I was doing the broken arrow uh, summer before last, and the arrow broke and it shot. The pressure it was so great. It shot down and went right in my leg and impaled oh, my leg. And so, yeah, so I had to pull it, yank it out, and then continue the show and get my applause. But then another yeah. thing that happened last summer, 
Another thing that happened last summer, I was doing the blades, right? And so yep. by mistake, at the very, I'm slicing paper at the beginning. By mistake, I slid off the front part of my thumb. And so oh. it was, you know, it was, oh yeah, I was squirting out going, ch -ch -ch, and the blood squirting everywhere. Oh, and God. so I, I stopped the show. I got the EMT there. I said, folks, just wait a minute. I'll be back in like 10 minutes. Don't go away. So I had him bandage me up really tight. And I finished the show. I went back and started the show up again and finished it. But um, yeah, you know, things oh, like that God. happen because I'm doing dangerous stuff with, I mean, the blades are sharp, man. So I'm doing, I'm doing those things. So things do happen. So it's not, it's not how long it takes to perfect it. Even when it's perfected, mistakes happen. We're all human, right? So it always, there's always a possibility of getting hurt. I, um, uh, I, I, when you said you slice the finger, your thumb tip off, like that gave me PTSD. Do you think like, um, hypnosis would help me? Cause I was a, I was a bartender for a long time and I, um, oh, wow. I would, I would shop, I would shop like, you know, cut like garnishes and stuff. I'd be cutting limes. And I remember I sliced my finger open, um, my like middle finger and it was all like, I could see my meat. And then like, um, I had yeah. a bunch of big bunch yes. of people coming in. I didn't want to like, you know, get sent home or anything. So I just super glued it shut. And then like, I just kept yeah. working. And then another time I was, uh, making an old fashioned, I was getting the garnish and I had a potato peeler cause that's all we had. And I was peeling oh, uh, the yeah. skin off this orange and I, peeled my fingernail off i like Fuck yeah you. it yeah. went underneath my fingernail yeah. just fucking oh god so like i can't like every time i think of a knife my girlfriend was chopping garlic yesterday we were making spaghetti and she was chopping really close uh -huh. to her finger and i couldn't even look at it so you can help yeah. me with that right <laughs> yeah of course that's one of those things that's a phobia and you just you yeah you deal with it yeah oh i i i've asked i asked um uh, the, our last guest about this, like, uh, or we talked about it. Um, I have a phobia of people staring at me through windows because I saw a dude stare at me through a window when I was a kid. And it freaked me out. What do you think that's about? Yeah. Uh, well, it's just what you said it is. I mean, it's like, it's like uh, they're invading your privacy and it made you extremely uncomfortable and it made a yep. subconscious thing in your mind that you just fear that because like you feel like you can't be safe anywhere because there, there's always a chance someone's going to see you even when you're inside someplace through a window, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Michael, what are you afraid but, but, of? Yeah, what am I afraid of? Um, huh. That's a good question. Um, I, I'm, I don't know. I mean, I don't really fear anything because I figure that, you know, um, I, I, I'll deal with whatever emerges, you know, I don't know. I don't really what I fear. You know, I, I, there's been a lot of things I've, I've hung upside down a hundred feet in the air from a burning rope with a straight jacket. Uh, oh my God. Uh, and yeah. And, and that, and so there's a lot of things I've done in my career. So I'm pretty fearless to a great extent. Um, I guess right now I don't fear it, but I'm, I'm, I am concerned about the COVID thing because, you know, um, I have, my job is being with people. So, uh, there's a lot of chance of that, but I don't really, I'm not scared of it. Um, I guess my ex-wife. That's who I'm just gonna... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, appreciate, appreciate. <laughs> um, that's really cool. So, it, are there any um, you know, demonstrations that you are currently working on that you can give us like a little tease? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm working on a couple. Uh, I'm working on one dealing with a uh, body bag that's double sealed, hermetically sealed, and uh, being fastened in a Homeland Security. Restraint, and then put it in the body bag and have it zipped up and sealed. They're hermetically sealed because they put dead bodies in there, and they have to. It's hazmat, so right. it's it's hermetically sealed. 
So you run out of oxygen fairly rapidly. So I'm working on that right now. I just got a resuscitator to have on stage for it. Um, and then um, I'm also working on, uh, I'm working on a really fun one too, with a crossbow and a deck of cards and, and using the crossbow to shoot, to shoot the deck of cards and yeah, get a chosen card. And um, that's yeah, awesome. I got several things in the, yeah, I got several things in the pipeline, but I think the escape's going to be really cool. Uh, well, oh, it'll be definitely. Cool, it'll be sweaty in there. But, <laughs> but yeah, so I think that'll, that'll be a cool one because um, anytime you're risking your life and you're doing something crazy where you, you know, it, it takes breath control and everything, people really enjoy that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, people, people go to demo, demo derbies because they want to see people crash, not because they want to see him race, you know. <laughs> is it is it true when you channel enough dark arts and energy in your body, you start talking like David Blaine? Like, I, I want David Blaine. I want um, to put needles in my head. <laughs> you know, that's it was brilliant. I have to say, it was brilliant on his part to develop that because it really set him aside. Because you have to listen to what he's saying, right? So it draws mm -hmm. you in, especially on the TV. Mm. You're like listening so hard, you're drawn into his performance. And that was actually something Eartha Kitt said a long time ago. I don't know if you know. She was um, the voiceover for the Queen in the Hercules cartoon. But oh, okay. She was the Catwoman. On, she was the Catwoman on Batman for one of the cats. She was the Black Catwoman. But she was a yeah. famous singer. And she would be in really loud nightclubs, right? So she said mm -hmm. as, as people got louder, she got quieter. Because by getting quieter, people would quiet down to listen to what she was doing. So I think David was sort of brilliant that way because by having that low kind of tone to his voice and everything, unlike other people that are on show, TV, people were drawn in saying, what is he saying? What is he doing? So they would listen and they would pay attention. So it's quite a cool thing, really, psychologically speaking. Damn, I did not think of it that way, but yeah, you're right. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do that sets yourself away from other uh, magicians and hypnotists? Well, part of it is my material. Like I say, all the crazy stuff I do, you know, uh, yeah. I'm not on the level of David. I mean, David's on a level all by himself. He's freaking awesome. But, but, on the <laughs> le but I do stuff that no one else, no one else that I, in the realm that I am d dares to do, you know, because it is dangerous. But I think part of the thing that draw that I don't know how to make it up totally, but you know, I've been in show business since I was a kid. I started out at age seven. That was when I got my first paid gig. And, uh, mm -hmm. so I've been in theater and all that. My brother was, a. uh, was nominated for Tony Awards on Broadway. My oldest brother used to play drums for Chubby Checker and Little Richard. And so I've been in show business since I was little. So I think it's the skills I learned uh, from all the years in show business that helped me to put a package together that makes it interesting. Well, you guys are interested in what I'm saying, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's all comes together. It's, it's not one thing. It's with me, it's more just everything culminates in my life from when I was young. So I, um, so I, I have some I asked um, our fans to send some questions in. So I have a I have a few few oh, questions God. here. Um, yeah, these don't reflect our thoughts and views. So I don't know what he's going to say. Uh, can you change someone's oh. opinion under hypnosis? Uh, no, you can't ever change someone's opinion. Remember, I said a little bit earlier, and they might have missed that part of it. But um, you you'll never make someone do something they don't want to do. So if they have a strong opinion, uh, they're going to keep that opinion unless they're looking to get rid of that mindset and want your help to do so if they want your help yeah you can do it but really okay. opinions are pretty strong set. And so generally speaking people don't want to get rid of their opinion because they believe what they believe um and this you know you just answered this one um can you hypnotize a straight guy to be gay that's another one we got no uh, no i don't believe that and i don't believe you can reprogram gay 
gay people or straight people to be either or. I think right. uh, we are what we are. And uh, I think I, I really, uh, I happen to be a, a Christian type first Christian, but, but I really despise churches that believe they can reprogram people not to be gay. That is so wrong, you know? Yeah, and, for uh, sure. So I, no, I 100% yeah. agree. Yeah. So I, I, in fact, you might've noticed, I, I work with a transgender uh, group, uh, the, uh, the LGBT folks down at the lounge in LA. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so I, I work with them to help their transition surgery so that they can work with the pain issues that come from having all the surgeries to uh, change their gender. So I, I really am strongly against even trying. You're to such a good that. guy, Michael. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I just love people. I, yeah, I love for people, sure. You know? For sure. Um, so this one, uh, can you make someone nut via hypnotization? Can you make, you I, I didn't catch that word. Uh, nut, <laughs> nut. Can you make someone, can you make someone orgasm with hypnosis? Oh, we work with, uh, we work with sexual, uh, enhancement issues all the time. Uh, uh, sexual, sexual enrichment. Yeah. I mean, you can definitely, uh, help them to have a more, uh, exciting sex life, uh, and women too, as well. So oh, shit. there yeah, you go, Cole. You can deal with orgasm and all of that with hypnotherapy. It's because uh, some people have the reason some people have issues with that, to be frank, is again, goes back to young age and experiences and uh, whatever. I mean, maybe they had parents that were really strict religious parents and it made them feel that it's something wrong to have sex or any other. Right. There could be a million reasons. And so through hypnotherapy, yeah, you can definitely increase that and help people with that. Sure. Unless there's a physical issue. I always say, you know, check with your physician first, make sure that you yeah. got all your pipes working, and then we can talk. <laughs> <laughs> can you make my girlfriend think my wiener's bigger? You know, I, I would have, I, she would have to, <laughs> she would have to believe that. Fuck. <laughs> Stephanie, I'm sorry, okay? It's not going to happen. Um, so this You're one, <laughs> this one, uh, how does... How, how do you detect paranormal activity and what is your scariest experience? Okay, great. Um, that's a good one. Uh, and I love talking about paranormal stuff. So, oh, for sure. Um, actually, I use a lot of equipment. I also have sort of a sense for it, but honestly, I use a lot of equipment. Um, I, I use, you know, I use a, uh, a, a re recorder to do EVP sessions. I use, you know, electric, uh, you know, electric things to detect electricity in the room. Um, mm -hmm. I use, uh, I even use dowsing rods cause I like old school stuff too. So I use dowsing rods as well, but okay. that's, I kind of, I, when I do investigations, I use all of that equipment. Uh, and I think old school stuff is the most powerful. As a matter of fact, I was just on the donkey lady bridge in San, San Antonio last week. And oh, okay. I was doing a investigation. I don't know if you ever heard of the donkey lady bridge, but no, uh, tell us about it. Well, what, Okay, well, there was a lady who lived with her family in, in an old cabin in South San Antonio, and some rich guys, well-to-do people, were coming out from a, in the in the country to have a picnic or a party. Anyway, um, she was there with her three children and her husband, and what happened was that um, these people were disturbing their family and kind of going on their land and making fun of them and throwing bottles and you know whatever, being you know whatever. So they didn't like it, so they they chased them off land with their guns or whatever. And they came back later with more friends, like a gang type thing, and they burned down their house. The, the husband died, the three children died in the fire, but the donkey lady survived. But what happened, why she became called the donkey lady, was because the fire actually mutated her hands into looking like hooves, 
and her face got mutated into a long, a long donkey type face. Oh, oh so they God. called her the donkey lady. Like it's like the hunchback of the Notre Dame or something. So they called her the donkey lady. So what happened was there was a bridge very close to her house, and this bridge supposedly is haunted by her spirit. And in in further years, a lot of people were were taken out there that were murdered and dumped into the river under there. So the deal is that there's a lot of spirit activity there. So last week I was there doing an you know experiment with different items, and I did old school when we're talking about old school stuff. I took a flashlight, and it was just a flashlight I borrowed from uh, my wife actually. And so um, I unscrew it. You unscrew it to where it's not quite connected, where it's off, but it's just on the verge of twisting, so it comes on. You have to use an old school, old type of flashlight, so not an LED stuff. So then I, I put it down, sat it there, and I did a Q and A with the spirits there. And believe it or not, man, that thing came on. Oh my crazy. god! But yeah, so that was a cool experience. But now talking about probably the most frightening or bizarre or scary experience. I did two ghost hunts now at the old Montana prison up in Deer Lodge, Montana. It's now a museum, but a lot of people, you know, what got, a couple of people got hung there. Uh, there was a person that be, took over the uh, the prison one time. He came from Alcatraz, took over the prison. Him and he he his lover got shot by mistake in the prison riot because he shot the lover by mistake, and so he ended up committing suicide in one of the towers. And um, so his spirit is very strong there. But I was in the women's uh, area of the prison and i was in there at three near three in the morning three in the morning is the witching hour not midnight three in the morning is when you get the most spirit activity so i was in the women's part of the prison and i went in the most active cell and closed the door at about two in the morning in total darkness and i was feeling a lot of energy in there what really freaked me out at one point is i heard a female voice say get out and so i left i left there man i got out of there fast I mean, that was insane. The hair on my back jumped up. You know, it was crazy. Yeah. And so that was probably the most that was the most unsettling. I wouldn't say I was scared, but I was definitely unsettled by that noise. Because like in my ear, it was like, get out. Ooh. So uh, I left. I left. But later that night, I got the best photo of a spirit orb I've ever gotten. I went in the theater where they did shows for the prisoners and also hung someone. And I, uh, I actually got a photo with a spirit orb as clear as day. And the, I took it in pitch darkness, and there was this spirit orb that was amazing in the photo. So that was a very active night. But yeah, hearing that, that was crazy that night. Yeah, that's insane. Um, yeah, it was. What one of the uh, one of the listeners he said, um, "Have you ever found a ghost that was like super lame, but then wouldn't leave you alone?" Like you're you know, saying, oh, I do a prayer. Right, this guy again. What I, well, well, what I do is I do a prayer before I go in, and then when I leave, I. I do a prayer and tell all of them they can't come with me. This is their home, but that I've enjoyed visiting with them and thank you for spending time with me. And then I do a, a goodbye prayer. So I always seal it off. I start it off properly and I seal it off before I leave a property. And uh, so during a hunt, um, there have been pers- some persistent spirits um, as far as readings and communication. I have also a ghost box thing that I use on my one of my pads. That's the great thing about a pad now. You can carry that, and I have my night vision camera. I have a ghost box on it, so I can do ghost hunting on my phone or my pad instantly because I have tools with me wherever I go. But I did have on the donkey lady bridge one of the craziest things was uh, that I was talking on the pad, doing a Q and A with that, and it it spoke. What it has in the, let me explain how that works so people don't think it's yeah. bogus. What they do, they have a bunch of words, uh, a library of words that they've have recorded into this program. 
And then what happens is the ghost can latch on. It plays them in a certain rate, a certain frequency. And the ghost can latch on to words and stop them when they come across so they can communicate with you. So it's like playing words all the time, saying, I, blue, yellow, green, elephant, orange. It's saying all sorts of things. But then when you're asking questions, sometimes a word will be locked onto and it will actually answer your question. So that's how that works. Uh, and okay. so I was doing the, I was doing a Q&A with it on, on the bridge and doggone for the first time ever, they said my name. It was a lady and a man's voice that said Mesmer. I thought, Ooh. shit, I've never had that happen before. That was crazy. So, that really freaked me out. Going back to where ghosts think they're alive still, um, the, how do they know to do this stuff? Like, you know, interact with you if they think they're alive. Well, you're 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 trying to reach them. So if they're yeah. like I say, it it slightly crosses over. The barriers kind of cross. So like sometimes I hear them on that box, or they may hear something I say and respond to it. You know, so okay. it's it's just that's why you don't get you can't you know when you watch Ghost Adventures with Zach Baggins, who I I love the show by the way, um and all that. But the thing is. What you see on there and people getting scratched and people do flying across the room, all that stuff, there is poltergeist activity. I've, I've never, that's not my area, but I really yeah. believe to produce a TV show, what they're doing is they're creating a lot of situations. With me, I just, what you see is what you get. Sometimes I'll right. get something. Sometimes I'll be out for hours on a hunt. I won't get a thing, but I'm just giving you highlights of things that have happened. What do you use the, the dousing rod for? Hunting water ghosts? Japanese well, water ghosts? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's really funny. Um, I love that. Uh, actually, the dowsing rod really does pick up on, you know, uh, something beyond what we understand. You're right. Normally it's used. In fact, my wife's grandpa actually made a living as a dowser in Texas. And you can imagine what he was looking for in the ground, oil. So um, he made a living doing that in Texas. So there, there, you're right. It does look for fluid under the ground normally. But I think also... For some reason, whatever the composition is with the electric interaction and everything, it responds to spirit world too. So um, it's interesting. Um, I usually use it primarily to lead me to where the center of a spirit activity is. I don't use it to communicate as much as, okay, where can I be led to to find where I can find the center, the area where activity is happening so then I can do the investigation from that spot. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Colt loves this stuff. I, I call bullshit. Mm -hmm. all of it. <laughs> I like the hypnosis stuff, but Colt's all about yeah, yeah. paranormal activity. Well, um, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's real or not. I just know I enjoy right. it as, as a, a hobby. And oh like yeah, fun. no, it's fun and, as hell. And, I would love to start doing some of this. Yeah. Stuff. I mean, I'm not saying it is or isn't. I can't make a judgment. I can only tell you what I've experienced. I like the, um, the historical aspect of it though. Like yeah. prison, the donkey lady bridge. That's crazy. I hadn't heard did, of that. I definitely yeah, like to these, there. these places. Um, pay you to do this like i'm sure it's good press for them but you just like no, do they let you stay overnight not, uh, oh well you know what happened with the uh deer lodge thing i had been there as a guest before just to go on the tour and then i was playing mm -hmm. doing the hypnosis show in the town and i was well known and so i walked in and I said, you're the hypnotist i said yeah oh weird your show is fantastic i said you know i really love the ghost hunt is there a possibility i could get in here after hours and oh yeah we'll come with you let's do it so a lot of times it's things like that with the donkey lady bridge it's out in public so you can do you know it's a, it is a national par part of a national park but the thing is that it's right on the edge of that so they really can't tell you not to do it um and unless someone shows up and says you got to leave i just you know sometimes there was a building right over the donkey lady bridge that was right near where her cabin was there's a structure that's insane if you watch my youtube channel you can look at the, my investigation 
And uh-huh. so I just go into these places. Sometimes I'll go in without permission just because so I want to check it out. Right. And so I just take a risk sometimes. But then sometimes people know me and they let me do it. So, you know. Does – um. Do you ever hear a lot of our viewers, our listeners are in Michigan. Um, did you ever, have you ever done any investigations in Michigan or any ones that like um, any places you're like, oh, that sounds really cool. I'll go there. You know, um, I haven't done any investigation in Michigan. I love Michigan. I've been up there. Colon, Michigan is actually the center of the magic. They called it the magic capital of the world, actually, oh, wow. uh, because they have, uh, yeah, they have Abbott's magic there and they have a big conclave every year. And, and matter of fact, not Blackstone Jr., but Blackstone Sr. is buried there in Colon, Michigan. So I've spent time okay. in Michigan, but not go. Yeah, more on the magic end of things. Yeah. Oh, Colon. Colon, yes. Michigan. That's right. Oh, that's hilarious. No, I, I, that sounds cool. I didn't know it was Colon. I thought you were saying Colon. Colon. Oh, like a butthole? Colon is the magic capital. Yes, like, like butt. That's the magic capital it's of the world. Cool. It's pretty interesting. And I would love to go. Actually, I'd love to ghost hunt in that cemetery in Colon sometimes. So when I get up there again doing shows, I'll probably have to go over there and uh, do that. Maybe I'll get a hold of Blackstone. That would be cool. I'll keep an eye out for that because I, I would definitely go. That sounds mm, cool. Definitely. Yeah, do you ever, what fun. about San Diego, like the the Whaling House in San Diego? Uh, many friends have invited me down there. I haven't done, I haven't done a lot of California stuff because I mostly do it out of state when I'm doing ghost hunt, when I'm on tour of my show. But, you know, I'm going to have right. to do that. I, next thing I'm going to do, the next thing I think I'm going to do locally is going to be when, when COVID loosens up, I have an invitation to do, go to Graber Olives. Uh, oh, uh, you know, Graber Olives are very famous olives, but they also have something that lives in there that, that's uh, Ghost Adventures went there also. So I think I'll go to the Graber Olive factory next, and that'll nice. be when the COVID thing ends as far as in L.A. But I'm going to be traveling to Texas again. There's more places I want to go there in April, so yeah. probably more Texas uh, stuff, so. What do you think of the the legend La La Llorona, the white lady in the she like lost her kids or something like that? I don't yeah, know. We, well, I think there's yeah, I think there's probably some truth to that. I think that goes to the suspicion to the uh, you know having uh, you know I think there's a lot of lo- folklore with it, so there's a lot of imagination that opens up people's minds with that, and um, so yeah, I mean, and also. To be frank, uh, with Hispanics in general, there's a lot of uh, supernatural kind of, uh, you know, uh, things. So I think that because uh, they do a lot of faith healing, all of that in their culture. Yeah. yeah. So um, I, I think that um, there could be some truth to it. Uh, I love I enjoyed the film. I thought it was really cool. Um, yeah. But again, again, except for the one time with the Star Trek person that I mentioned in Vegas, I've never seen really full body apparitions in that sense. But I think I think there could be some truth to that. But I also think spirits are centralized to a certain area, to an area that was important to them in life or where they lived. Or So when there's sightings in other places that they never traveled to, never had access to, I kind of doubt those. Um, so my, uh, my aunt passed away in the house that I live in now. And um, I was curious. So like when she passed away, like uh, for a few years, like whenever I would come and visit this place, I... Um, I had dreams of her like choking me in my sleep. Do you think that's like a ghost <laughs> thing or do you think that's just like a psychological thing or both? You know, it would be hard to analyze without further investigation or, you know, being right. with you. But uh, I don't think, did you, was your aunt not kind to you in life? She was kind to us. She was not kind to her mom. Yeah. I don't know if Colt wants to talk about it, but 
you brought it up. So. You, know, you, don't have to, you don't have to talk about it, but that gives me an indicator. So as a child, was she, you saw her interact with your mom and it upset you? Yeah, I, I just saw how upset my mom was. So um, Did you, though, when you yeah. were little? Yeah. Oh, I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, they, they would fight all the time, until... like, whenever we got together. Okay. But, yeah. Okay, so that's – and what age was that? Was that in that age I was talking about, like 1 to 7? Yeah, the 1 to 7, yeah. Yeah. Okay, oh, so there you go. That, that pretty much answers that question. Then. Okay. Very interesting, yeah. Nice. Case closed. Yeah. Right. Still, though, Colt – so – like even when so tell them the story, Colt, when she was at the when you heard the big okay, noise. Well, yeah, I I heard this. Uh, the listeners know the story. Did you already yeah, talk about it? First oh, you already episode, but okay. so um, when I was young, um, I was probably like, you know, it was me and my sister. We I was like probably like fifteen, thirteen, maybe, and um, okay. I remember we got to California. We found out my aunt was in the hospital, and then um, my whole family was in the hospital, like waiting for her, and then like my sister and I were like watching TV and then I heard like at home. They yeah, were at we home. were at home. My sister and I. In the house that she yep. lived in, but this, the, the aunt was in the hospital yep. all the time. So, so they were home. We were watch, watching TV and then um, we heard a giant crash coming from the room where she like slept in just a giant crash. And then, so I just like looked at Eden and like my sister, I like turned the, the volume up on the TV. I was scared. And then like 10 minutes later I come, like my family comes home and tell us that she had like passed. Okay. Yeah. Because you know what? It's like a rubber band. She was pulled over to that hospital where her spirit was still wanting to go back to where she lived. And so it's when she died, she sprung back there, probably temporarily, honestly. That was probably her portal into going to the next place, you know? So what What do you think? Man, I'm sorry. I mean, like, they, they're always here shit in that house. And like one time, my grandma doesn't, I don't, does, does she believe in ghosts and stuff? Um, I, I don't know if they do. I don't know. Well, she, yeah. she told us that every doorknob in the house was like loosened one time. Like, well, you know, that, that could very well be, she might still be there. That's possible, you know? And, uh, you know, uh, it wouldn't, it, it's not unusual, but, but, um, she could be one of the people that are trapped and especially cause she had seemed to have an angry, an angry spirit. She might, she might still be there. I don't think she can cause you any harm, but I yeah. think that she could do things that are, I think things like when you're talking about with the doorknobs or whatever, those things, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I could see that. That could make sense. I mean, you could have a ghost, uh, ghost of an investigation there and see, but you know, sometimes an investigation will stir things up more than you don't even want to stir up. So it's probably best True. if you're okay with what's been going on. Leave, leave dead dogs lie as it were, yeah, or okay. dead mouse. Oh, dude, no, it's, it's a high activity area. I thought I was, I was suggesting like when the pandem- pandemic's up, would you be open to going and doing an investigation? We're there? in San Diego. Oh, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Sure, sure, I'll come down. Sure, just let me know. Okay amazing yeah that'd be awesome um yeah what 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 do you what do you think happens when you die um i think that i think that our spirits are so i think we're so look we're all so vibrant we have so so much energy and spirit and spirit in us and soul in us i can't imagine that that just ends the minute your your body dies um right i i can't imagine it's sort of like when your computer dies, your hard drive still has everything in it, right? Mm-hmm, so um, you can take a hard drive out and you can put it in another computer and you'd be able to access your information, right? Kind so, of like what you I, did before this podcast. You put yourself in a computer. You body. uploaded your consciousness. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. So <laughs> the deal is that <laughs> the deal is that I think we're sort of like that. We have a, a spiritual or a hard drive that has our soul in it. 
And I can't imagine that ends with our physical body or the computer itself, the, the, the equipment dying, you know? So I think that um, whether it's that we're in a holding pattern, whether we move directly onto somewhere else, it has to go somewhere. And I don't know what the answer is to that. I mean, only one person that would know that would be God really. But I think yeah. that we could, you know, there's people that believe in, in reincarnation. There's, there's religions that believe in that Eastern religion. So there's all roads lead to Rome and there's probably all of it probably happens in, and whether you reincarnate, whether you move on, who knows which you will do. But I think that, yeah, I mean, we, I think we still exist. We still move on. I feel that my grandpa is my guardian angel and he's with me and looks after me and my mom too. So, yeah. yeah. Well, Colt's, Colt's uh, dream is to, to be a sexual predator ghost. So <laughs> hopefully that comes. No, when I die, what I want to happen is I want to be my family's heirloom and I want to get taxidermied and like, I'll just be standing there like a bear pose and then my family can decorate me for yeah, Christmas and Hanukkah. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I want my family, I want them to, I have a skull that I bought. It's a black skull and I want them to put my ashes in that and keep it in the den, you know? So that's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. That's so mad. my dad always said, I love yeah. this. my dad always said, tie him to a tree and like shoot him like a zombie. I don't know. Yeah, that's what he wants. That's what our dad wants done to him. He's like, just like a zombie. I don't know. He doesn't want to come back as a zombie, I think. But uh, uh, so we're yeah, reaching no. we're reaching the end of the show. Um, Michael Mesmer, you are you're amazing, dude. I I'm in love with you. You're a good boy. You're very interesting, and I I've had a lot of fun. Like I didn't even realize it went going on this long. Um, is there anything, Nicole? I really hope you do invite him to go oh, out and do that. Hundred percent, you're coming down here. I'm, I, I'm like, I, I don't believe in that stuff, but really, like, all of our family members have had some weird high activity in that house. So what, night. Yeah. yeah, and when I do come down, when I do come down, just tell you, I don't want you to tell me any more about it, so that I can oh, just kind of experience okay. sure. it, you know. But sure, I, sure, sure. I, yeah. I will look forward to that when COVID cools down. Uh, that'll be awesome, and I will love to come down. I'll bring, maybe I'll bring a, a partner with me, and we'll do it. Perfect. Sweet. Colt will hook you up with all the all the fixins. He'll cook you dinner. I'll make you some spaghetti or cool. something. Yeah, it'd be nice. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, you won't chop the garlic. <laughs> Michael Mesmer, yeah. is, is there anything you want to plug? Um, anything you want our listeners to go check out um, before we go? Yeah. Well, I just wanna, yeah, I just want to make sure that if people are, I know there's people hurting out there, and all the eighteen listening, I want to address them. <laughs> um, I, I I just want to tell you, I do have my COVID gnosis program. It's and if they call me and they tell me they heard me on this program, I really will give them a discount for the regular price. And it's uh, you go to C-O-V-I-D-N-O-S-I-S dot Weebly, W-E-E-B-L-Y dot com. So www.covidnosis.weebly.com and uh, get a hold of me. My phone number, everything's on there. I really want to help people through this. Yeah, I'm going to make some money. That's true. But I'm going to give you a lot more than the price of the t- ticket. So Get a hold of me so I can help you. If there's people out there listening, I would love to help you overcome the anxiety and the stress from this situation. Um, Michael, if you want to email me the number and all that stuff, I'll put it in the description below so our listeners can check it out as well. Um, I'll do it. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Um, This was great, Michael. I really want to have you on again and uh, catch up and explore some ghosts. But uh, everyone, listeners, thank you so much for listening. Um, Have a great Wednesday and uh, it's spooky. Send me some ghost stories. All right. Bye, guys.
You make someone orgasm with hypnosis. The thing is, they have to want it. I mean, sometimes you don't like love it right away. Is that a thing? Of your asshole? There's always a possibility of getting hurt. Oh, dude, no, it's, it's a high activity area. I thought, I was I was suggesting like when the pandem- pandemic's up, would you be open to going and doing an investigation there? Because, oh my gosh.